If you know someone who has an illegal handgun, call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-8477. Your tip could take an illegal handgun off the street for good. 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 Very good. You stay anonymous, criminals don't. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode nine of Crime Stoppers. See it, say it, stop it. A podcast that brings you informed discussion about unsolved crimes, wanted persons, awareness campaigns, and how citizens can remain anonymous to help keep their community safer. I'm Sean, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Detective Dimitri Tianos from the Toronto Police Service and Police Coordinator of Toronto Crime Stoppers. Dimitri, what's going on? Good morning. Not much. Just another day, starting the week, and uh, glad to be here with you. Thanks, man. Yeah, the sun is out. I'm looking forward to the week. It looks like it's going to be a good week, and uh, we're getting a little bit closer to getting behind this COVID-19 and getting back to uh, our our norm. I got to admit, I've set up my office in the back, and uh, I apologize to all the listeners if you hear some birds chirping, but uh, I need to some fresh air and a different view. Nice. Yeah, no, absolutely. So today on this episode, we speak to Sharon Hanlon, the president of Crime Stoppers International. We'll discuss what the uh, international board is all about and the vision of the organization going forward. Yeah, I'm looking forward to um, speaking to our Australian counterpart and CSI president and see what kind of discussion we can have. Sharon Hanlon was elected president and chair of Crime Stoppers International in late 2018, having been first appointed to the board in mid-2016 as one of two nominated representatives of Region 5, which is Australia, New Zealand, and Asia. She is the first woman to hold the president's position in the organization's history. Sharon is also deputy chair of Crime Stoppers Australia and has served on the national board for five years as a representative of her local jurisdiction, Crime Stoppers South Australia, where she has served as the program's chair since November 2013, having joined the board two years earlier in November 2011. I'm pleased to welcome to the podcast Sharon Hanlon, president of Crime Stoppers International. Sharon, thanks for joining us today. How are you? I'm exceptionally well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Oh, no problem. So just so our listeners understand, you are currently in Australia. That's where you reside, correct? That's right. So I'm actually one of two representatives that get nominated up to the Crime Stoppers International Board from my region. And that uh, kind of explains the accent. So when everyone's listening, they'll understand and appreciate (laughs) that you are in Australia and it is... Uh, what, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock there today? Um, it's heading towards 10 p.m. So early for us, late for you. Um, so we'll jump right into it. Hope you don't mind if we kick off by asking, how does it feel to be the first female president of Crime Stoppers International? No, that's perfectly all right. Um, and of course, it's a great privilege. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a great privilege regardless of your gender, to be honest. Um, right. I've worked um, all my career really in very male-dominated environments and, um, and, I, and I think probably in previous roles I would have somewhat shunned that um, anybody talking to me about perhaps, you know, being a trailblazer or a role model. But, mm-hmm. but I, I have to say that as I've matured, I, I do recognise that it's actually really important for women to embrace the fact sometimes that they are a role model for younger women. Um, I think we 
are unfortunately still sorely underrepresented in leadership roles. Mm -hmm. So, as I said, I I think that it's a great privilege. I'm certainly someone that, you know, considers merit-based appointments incredibly important. I would not take anything away from that. Mm -hmm. But I also think that it's, you know, it's kind of an onus that sits on my shoulders in some respects that, you know, when I'm asked to perhaps come and speak to a group of young professional women or asked to be a mentor for a young woman, it's always something that I've taken really seriously um, because I do think we still have a way to go um, in terms of making sure we've got equal representation around any board table. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you've been the president since 2018. And, you know, from what I can see uh, from, you know, being in Toronto and obviously attending some of the international conferences, you're doing a fabulous job. So keep it up. Oh, well, thank you very much. Um, it, it, it's, you know, it's like any organization, Sean. Um, it's a team effort. And right. I'm very fortunate that I've got a, a great team of directors around me and, you mm-hmm. um, strong strong management support and um and and you know strong partners strong advisors um in terms of some subject matter experts in the industry in various sectors that we're able to call upon for sure so our listeners are very familiar locally with crime stoppers and you know toronto crime stoppers and some of our regional programs that border our city but they may not be familiar with crime stoppers international otherwise known as csi Can you provide a bit of a compare and contrast between CSI and, say, the Toronto program or even our uh, Canadian program, Canadian Crime Stoppers? Yes, of course. Um, I would say there are lots of similarities. Um, Our governance at the international level is based on a federated model. So um, when you introduced me and we spoke about, yes, I'm based in Australia, um, Crime Stoppers International has carved up the globe into seven regions, um, mm-hmm. and each of those regions is able to <laughs> nominate representatives on their behalf um, right. to the international board. Um, we're all volunteers in those capacities. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the cornerstone of, of course, of any Crime Stoppers program is its anonymous reporting platforms as is the case with Crime Stoppers International. Mm -hmm. We, at an international level, have a very strong working relationship with law enforcement. So our direct um, working relationships are with Interpol and the United Nations Office of Drugs and Crime. We certainly deliver campaigns that are looked at, you know, where we look to educate the community, increase Mm -hmm. their awareness for certain crimes. I guess um, one of the things that I would hope that we do and, and want to do a, a lot more of is is be providing thought leadership and advocacy and, and, and being able to contribute maybe to government policy where it's appropriate. Um, right. and, and, of course, campaign development and execution. Funding tends to be driven by sponsorship and donations in some countries. Mm-hmm. Um and I know in my own country, Australia, we're very fortunate we do get strong national government support. That's not the case everywhere, right. I know, um, but for some, some regions it is. Where Crime Stoppers International probably differs is, um, as I've already mentioned, the directors are actually nominated by regions, but they're, at, they're still appointed at the discretion of the Crime Stoppers International Board. Right. Um, so it, it isn't an automatic appointment. Um, we are making, you know, trying to make sure that we have the right 
skills mix around the board table, mm-hmm. so it's it's constantly <laughs> strengthening and adding depth to that. Right. Likewise, um, I guess, you know, if I relate it to my local program here in South Australia and nationally, our, our focus would be on any crime. So any, any crime, um, you know, we encourage the community to come and share that information with us. At international level, we try and focus on six specific areas and they tend to be transnational crime, so something that knows mm-hmm. no country borders. Right. Um, financial crime has been most recently added to that mix, but mm. the standard ones are cybercrime, human trafficking, wildlife and environment crime, illicit trade, so fake and counterfeit products. And cyber, I guess, is something that we know is just, you know, increasing exponentially. So it was actually a focus of last year's international conference held in Singapore. Likewise, I think some countries are still um, growing the number of programs that are operating in them. I'm, I'm, you mm-hmm. know, I have to say I'm not sure whether Canada has sort of reached its, you know, whether you're at, at sort of a level that you're not getting lots of new programs coming in. Certainly in Australia, we have one in every jurisdiction, so we're not going to expand within Australia itself. But um, we are looking to assist our our neighbouring countries, so Southeast Asia with, um, right. and we've got Crime Stoppers Asia has come on board recently. The Caribbean, I know, is still expanding very strongly in Central and Latin America, and International has Crime Stoppers International has a focus certainly on Europe. So, yeah, I think you know, in the main, they would be the key differences. So, you know, how how we get nominated onto a board, the crimes, you know, that we are particularly focused on, probably assistance in expanding, you know our footprint globally because there's still mm. an awful lot of the globe where we don't have right. um, a, a presence. And um, and the other thing is, um, you know, we're not supported to any degree by membership subscriptions or dues. We are very much reliant on going out there and sourcing international grants or partnering with both public and private sector to be able to do the work that we do. There's a lot of similarities there with, you know, local Crime Stopper boards. Obviously, you guys are on the international level and deal with you know, the uh, international trade of crime, if you will. I'm not sure if you if you know, but in Toronto, Dimitri actually led a program talking with our, our cyber team here in Toronto. And uh, it's a cyber tip platform called SecureDrop. Dimitri, do you want to just talk a little bit about that and maybe share that uh, information with Sharon? Yeah, so SecureDrop is a secure portal that people can drop us tips securely. It's through a server that is totally encrypted, similar to the one that um, Snowden. I'm not sure if you know the uh, mm-hmm. whistleblower yes. Snowden. Edward Snowden. Yeah, so yep. he would use yep, a sure. torrent-type platform like mm-hmm. that database. So when I first got the role, my investigative uh, team here down in Toronto because that's where I, I mostly did my policing and investigative work. And um, they called me up and said, since you're in charge there, do you mind kind of looking into this? So we did. I went to the board, got some funding. And uh, we have, I'm proud to say, one of the first secure drop networks, let's call it law enforcement slash crime stoppers in, uh, in the world. I know that some of the mainstream newspapers have them and uh, some of the bigger companies like Apple and IBM, of course. But uh, yeah, we're we're one of the first to have secure drop, which is kind of cool. Now we're not okay. now we're not telling yeah, our so that is interesting. Yeah, we're not telling our tipsters to gear their um, 
information towards secure drop because we still use p3 um which is our mm-hmm. systems here in north america i'm not sure if you guys use it yes and um we were going to these lectures with these individuals let's call them that are very very smart in computers that perhaps maybe know that there's hackers out there for banks or hackers out there for different companies. And they wanted something that they understand. And that was that secure drop system. So that's geared more to computer uh, hackers and that kind of underworld, let's call it, the underbelly of computers. Interesting one, isn't it, it Dimitri? Is. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know much no. about computers or technology until this came in, and <laughs> I had to give myself a lot of time <laughs> to understand it. But it's good. Yeah, if you, if you wanted to keep pass that on with your uh, team there across internationally, I guess, they can always go on our website and actually have a look at it, have a test at it. It's pretty cool. I will definitely check that out. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because here in Australia, we, we don't use P3. We, all of our jurisdictions, we don't have a common platform, so to speak. Um, But what we, a number of us have moved to um, recently is actually ensuring that our tips are submitted and come through the Tor network. So when we put, you know, as everybody does, hand on heart to say, you know, Mm -hmm. no IP address will be associated with your, you know, any tip that you might submit. If law enforcement comes to us afterwards and says, well, you know, can we have the information? We say, well, of course you can, because we can't give you what we don't have. So, you know, there will never be any IP addresses associated with what, what they're you know, provided. Yeah. Sharon, I understand you guys are going through somewhat of a restructure since uh, you've become president. Can you tell us a little bit about the restructuring format that you're moving towards? Yeah, sure. Look, Crime Stoppers International, and again, I don't know how many of your listeners would be aware, but while the organisation has existed for a long period of time, about two and a half years ago, there was a decision Mm. by the then board to relocate to The Hague in the Netherlands. Mm. And I I think there were a lot of good reasons for that. You know, The Hague is where the International Court of Criminal Justice sits. It's known as the City of Peace and Justice. We we still believe that there's probably... um, a really strong logic for us being in Europe um, and mm-hmm. being closer to Interpol and UNODC, um, those two international law enforcement organisations that I mentioned earlier. But what we have worked out is that the business model that we went there with um, hasn't proven to be the most appropriate. So, yes, there's been a, a review underway for probably a number of months now, a special subcommittee set up. Um, which mm-hmm. I sit on with a number of the other directors. I can say we've actually got good, strong Canadian representation on that nice. subcommittee, which I'm very grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so there's a comprehensive review underway. We'll be making some recommendations to the board. But look, at the same time, I would say a lot of our day-to-day activity continues. So interesting, just talking about technology, then the anonymous reporting platform is being expanded and strengthened we are going to use the tor network for that going forward also for um, crime stoppers international the website is undergoing a refresh a lot of stakeholder relations have had to be obviously managed through this process as we've had some staffing changes yeah so look a, a lot of work associated with that but i think come 
the end of 2020 will be a much stronger organization, you know, for the review. That's awesome. So I have to ask, what's your vision for CSI moving forward into beyond your, um, your term as president and leading into, you know, the, the person that may take your role? Yeah, look, on the back of what I've just said, a strengthened business model. Um, mm-hmm. I would hope when my term concludes that whoever steps into the shoes is is able to say, look, we've got, or or that I'm able to pass the baton across, I guess, and say we have Mm -hmm. not only continued to have, you know, our important partners, you know, shoulder to shoulder with with us, but we've actually expanded that network. We've expanded that level of support. I would hope, you know, maybe more at a grassroots level and and for our um, programs in region um, that mm-hmm. you do notice a difference in the level of communication and the flow of communication coming from, you know, Crime Stoppers, you know, down to you. And then I would hope very much back the other way also. We've actually recently engaged Ryan Aholt from Saskatchewan to help yes. us with our social media and, um, you know, Ryan's, he's, he's got that much drive and energy and enthusiasm, which is fantastic. So hoping that we can harness some of that and certainly build very much, I guess, the, the following that we have in the social media sense. And I think that, you know, longer term, as I said, the review is very much about looking at our financial position. So that needs to be very sound. I guess they're all fairly fairly large things that I would like to see, but uh, but I guess anybody who's in a position wants to ensure that, you know, the legacy that, Absolutely. you know, that, 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 that the place is, is better as a result of them having been involved, I guess. At the same time, I'm a realist and those mm-hmm. achievements also come, as I said, from the support that I receive, you know, and in, in my role For as sure. president. We're all excited to see where Crime Stoppers International is going to go. Um, you know, we had Ryan on the podcast a few weeks ago, you know, Mr. Bowtie, and he uh, <laughs> let us know that he was filling in the social media duties. He's actually really excited. He's a great guy. So I think you have a, a, an awesome candidate there to um, get that online presence out there. Oh, that, that's nice that he was already promoting the fact. Yeah, great. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, he had mentioned he was excited. I know he, you know, he's back on the road right now, but he really misses Crime Stoppers. And I know he really wants to stay connected. And that just shows the passion that, you know, he has for Crime Stoppers and what he's kind of built in Saskatchewan and Saskatoon and pretty much throughout Canada as well with some of the projects that he's doing. Yeah, well, look, I I think for me, it's important. Um, It it certainly opened my eyes when I joined the international board in Mm -hmm. respect to transnational crime. I often talk about Australia being this big island, but I've become very aware that we are not impervious to things like human trafficking and illicit trade on on a grand scale and, you know, wildlife and environmental crime. Um, I know here in Australia, you know, our native birds and reptiles and our fossils, you know, are all highly Mm -hmm. sought after on the black market. I think, you know, Canada, I think your own, you've got your own species at risk or, you know, endangered, you know, your lake sturgeon and your turtles, you know, are all suffering from poaching and harvesting and illegal trade. And it's, it's those things that I guess even, you know, it's, it's kind of the, you know, not, not necessarily the discussion you want to have over the, you know, the dining room table, but, you know, we talk about them right. as being barbecue stoppers and, um, yeah. you know, the, yeah. the number of people that I talk to now and, you know, really have no idea, as I said, that some of these things are impacting on us in our local communities and, 
Right. It would be no di- no different for you. I, I I take my hat off to to yourselves. I know you've already been involved. I think in the human trafficking side of things up there um, in we Toronto. Have, yeah. So so you know I, I I just applaud you for that because again, even even my own national board in Australia, it's like oh really is human trafficking really mm-hmm. a thing in Australia? So I think. Um, you know, an incredibly important role for Crime Stoppers International is to raise awareness, not just, you know, back at, at a community level, but at our, our own boards, you know, around the right. world so that it becomes an imperative for them. Because, yes, of course, you know, the petrol station drive-off, you know, with it, without paying is always mm-hmm. going to, you know, is, is always going to sort of be important and get up somebody's nose. But Honestly, there yeah. is some really big ticket items that I think Crime Stopper programs worldwide can play an incredibly important role in addressing. So human trafficking is uh, obviously an international problem and close to home last year. Dimitri and, and Martin Douglas, who I think you you know, Sharon, who's our school officer, worked uh, with a video producer to put a educational video together for the middle school, uh, high school type demographic on what human trafficking is. And Dimitri, if you can talk about that a bit, because I know it was a case that you actually worked and we, we kind of pushed that into a an actual uh, video. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a pretty sad case where my suspect ended up giving me a statement against her two co-accused. And long story short, at the end, when uh, her two co-accused were found guilty, that same day she had gone home and uh, started doing some drugs and ended up overdosing. Um, you know, it, it, it played a big role in her. In my eyes, she was a victim. She wasn't a bad person. They lured her into this environment. What had happened was she was from a small town, and we had this discussion with the Ontario programs that have a small town, um, let's call it, you know, they they didn't think they have an issue of human trafficking. Like you were saying, um, Sharon, in Australia, people are still living in that bubble, and they don't know what's happening out there. So we end up investigating these individuals. They lured her in, and they used her to start luring other females that were from these small towns that wanted to come to Toronto and live that big high life. Mm. So, yeah, it, it's, it, it was sad. They lured these young girls. Some of them were under, under the legal age, and they were putting them up in these hotels, trapping them in there with, uh, with drugs and other people kind of overseeing them so they can't leave. And then one day uh, we got in there and grabbed all the girls and so we thought we'd make a video of it we ended up calling it the online grooming and human trafficking video and it, 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 it went pretty viral here in canada and i think it reached a little bit in the united states but we haven't really pushed it through you guys over there in the international side right but yeah it was a, it's it, we've been getting a great reaction especially from law enforcement like my bosses here in toronto and the surrounding areas because i think that's what kids need nowadays because they're always stuck on their uh their uh, electric devices. Yeah, for sure. They are. And, and as you said, the, that's, you know, often where the online grooming begins. Mm. Mm. Yep. So Sharon, I'll, I'll send you a link to the, to the video. Uh, it is on our YouTube channel, but as Dimitri said, we haven't really pushed it out yet just because of the... Uh... Yeah, no, that would be great. I'd appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so with COVID, you know, the current situation, we all find ourselves kind of operating at home and whatnot. Are there any observations from a CSI level that you'd like to share? Yes, of course. Look, 
In the early stages of the pandemic, I, I, I know that there were many governments and law enforcement recognised Crime Stoppers' value and, and certainly reached out for support. Mm-hmm. We put together some, in fact, I reached out to all of the regions only recently because um, World Economic Forum invited us to participate in, um, in a webinar with them. And that was a question that they had put to us. So it's actually um, quite incredible. Crime Stopper programs right around the world have played you know, a, a significant role, I have to say, in calling for their communities to either be vigilant, to mm-hmm. they've raised awareness about online scams, which have mm-hmm. you know, increased significantly during this period. And some countries, not all, law enforcement or governments were actually encouraging reporting of pandemic restriction breaches, you know, through their right. Crime Stopper programs. But I guess generally um, in terms of a consistency, you know, again, across all seven regions, yes, cyber scams are definitely up, whether that's COVID specific or more general. And when I say COVID specific, that is, you know, claims around, I guess, false cures or, you know, right. I guess um, poor products in terms of purchasing masks or ventilators or whatever. Right, um, right. What's what's really sad, again, consistently in most regions, is domestic <coughs> abuse and violent crime is is up. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess in many respects, the domestic violence is because people are contained to their homes, um, sure. and, and that's just you know been a bit of a trigger. Less household theft. Again, people are at home, so you know that that opportunity right. is not there. Um, right. But there are more break and enters have been occurring generally in commercial premises, and. Um, what has been worrying is um, a stockpiling of ammunition. Um, so, mm. that, so that's a you know considerable concern, um, and mm. certainly that's been quite prevalent in in some communities. I guess where some of the regions have differed. I know in Eastern Europe, they've actually got increases of you know in reports of drug trafficking here. There are other countries that are not experiencing that. You know, it's actually, there's been a slowdown in the supply chain. Eastern Europe, there's also increased government corruption. And I guess that they work in a very different sort of um, environment to what your and my, you know, um, democracies Mm do. South Africa, um, the government there actually took a really interesting stance. And as part of their covid trading restrictions they actually banned the sale of cigarettes and alcohol well of course what that's done is just naturally drive everybody out to um you know illicit tobacco yeah Yeah. exactly and caribbean bermuda latin america they're definitely reporting that you know money laundering and financial crime is they're seeing more of that you know because that tends to wash through you know them as a region anyway and and organised crime, unfortunately, you know, they're very quick to jump, you know, on any opportunities and COVID sure. is just another opportunity for them. Yeah. Yeah. We discussed that last week on our episode, um, talking about the COVID type frauds and how they're increasing. And, you know, the fraudsters are just taking advantage of the community in this frightened state, if you will. Um, and then again, as you said, organised crime, they will jump on any opportunity as we kind of finish off uh, this episode with you, the CSI conference for 2020, I understand it's it's not going to be moving forward as an in-person conference. Um, what can you tell me about what CSI will be doing in uh, substitution of actually having a conference this year? It's still up for debate, I have to say, Sean. Um, mm-hmm. it- 
putting together an international conference is always a, a massive exercise anyway. Um, and just with the level of uncertainty about, you know, travel and, and the like, that was a decision that got made fairly early on, I have to say, because you've just got to put so many steps in place when you're trying to secure not just venues, but, you know, speakers and the like. Right. In terms of an alternate, as I said, that's something that we're still discussing. It, it may be that we don't have an event this year, but what I, I would take the opportunity to say is that doesn't mean that we're not having our annual awards. So, and Canada has always been a, you know, very strong participant and, and very successful yeah. in um, the CSI annual awards. So, any program that's listening, please know that, in fact, entries are open now. They opened on the 18th of May. So they're available, you know, from the website. They're open till the 31st of July. In terms of how we present them, that's likely to be some sort of an online forum. And, um, right. and you know, in fact, if, if anybody's got any, you know, suggestions, um, we would warmly welcome them in terms of, you know, how, how we might go about delivering those. Listen, but, I'll put uh, myself out there and I'll take a flight to Australia and pick everything up for <laughs> the Canadians. Okay? I don't mind doing that and visiting my, 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 all my Greek listeners in Australia. There's a few over there, don't you? Don't you have a few Greeks over there in Australia? We have many. We, I think, I think we have more Greeks in yeah. Australia. You know, we're we're the second most populous country outside of Greece. In fact, Actually, in terms of our population, the, yeah, it's the, lar- it's the largest population outside of Greece. Okay, it's Australia, yeah, and yeah, then it's, um, right. and then it's yep. Montreal, Canada, and Toronto. Oh, is that right? Nice. Oh well, yeah. I've learned something. <laughs> so <laughs> to my, my my Mel my Melbourne Greeks, hello. <laughs> I think what we got to do, Dimitri, is uh, work on picking up the awards, but also maybe getting out to Australia and, and seeing what uh, Sharon and her team are actually doing and see if we can uh, steal some of their ideas and bring them back to Toronto. Well, I'd love to. Please do. Yeah. Sure. No, look, I think that sort of um, information exchange, best practice learnings, um, again, is something that all of us, you know, could really benefit from. And, um, and we would be, you know, delighted to be able to host you and perhaps get you to come out when we're, we're having one of our own national meetings because obviously that would be a mm. great opportunity for you to meet everybody at the same time for sure let us know when that is and uh <laughs> you know if we can make it we will make it we'll try our best we'll do a little fundraising of our own to get out there <laughs> but i i do think it's uh, important uh to share not only locally uh here in canada in the u.s but also internationally because as we talked about today, there's a lot of international crime that is happening that affects us here, but also affects us uh, abroad as well. No, completely, Sean. And and seriously, the awards, you know, we they are recognising the best of the best. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that, you know, part of the, the website, as I said, that we're, you know, going through and enhancing, we do want to make sure that we showcase those winners, you know, so that it becomes a bit of a, a resource for people, uh, for programs to be able to go to and, and see that material and be inspired by it and and hopefully reach out to those programs that have, you know, done so well and um, and learn from them. For sure. So Sharon, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to Dimitri and I and share some of the information. I know it's uh, late over in Australia, so we really appreciate you uh, joining us today. Thank you very much, Sharon. Look, uh, it's my pleasure, and um, thank you very much for the invitation. It's been great. For more information on Crime Stoppers International, please visit csiworld.org or follow them on Twitter and Facebook.
always great catching up with Sharon and listening to what uh, Crime Stoppers International is up to. Dimitri, you have said it many times, crime has no borders, neither does Crime Stoppers. Yes, always say that. And uh, there's a prime example of CSI, Crime Stoppers International. We're reaching every corner of the world. And as she mentioned, uh, more and more programs are jumping on, which I'm mm. very happy to hear, uh, especially during these tough times with uh, fundraising campaigns and trying to raise funds to run the programs. It's, uh, it's, it's a great tool to have counterparts that we can reach out to to assist us in our everyday business. Absolutely. And I, I think the one takeaway that, uh, that I had from the conversation is that the crime that we see here is also crime that they're seeing in Australia and around the world. So crime literally has no borders. And it's always good to coordinate and discuss and, and share information with our Crime Stoppers counterparts. That's right. As we conclude, I would like to remind everyone that community safety is a shared responsibility. See it, say it, stop it. Remember, you remain anonymous. Criminals don't. For more information, please visit us at 222tips.com and follow us on social media. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to stay connected and join the conversation. Please share our podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or show ideas, please email us at crimestopperspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. And until next time, be safe. And like I always say, stopping crime one tip at a time. Crimes and criminals don't have borders. Neither does Crime Stoppers.